and I'll ask our first lady to get ready, and maybe we'll do a countdown from 10. So we'll go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Another pay-per-view from 2008. And you know what that means. I get to see how over Matt Hardy was again. Who knew? Matt Hardy comes out at one point and the crowd melts. This whole place exploded. We're lucky there wasn't a roof on the fucking building. And we started this 2008 saga of ladies uh, later in the year with, I believe, No Mercy. And Matt Hardy was so fucking over during the ECW uh what was that? The scramble, the championship scramble. scramble. Yeah. So here we are at the beginning of the year, WrestleMania, his big return. The whole stadium freaks out. He continues this for months later. We never needed to wake this guy up or break this guy or whatever. I always thought Jeff Hardy was the over one, but looking back, we have documentation showing Matt Hardy had a couple fans. Yeah, 2008 definitely seems to be one of Matt Hardy's finest years winning that ECW championship at uh, Unforgiven is actually the, that was the, the, the scramble event of the year. That was when Vince wanted to start doing gimmick pay-per-views. So they called it Unforgiven, but he wanted to call it scramble mania brother. And Matt Hardy was <laughs> over when he came out at this WrestleMania, blew the lid off the joint, bro. And uh, the lights went out at one point during a bunny mania match. It was this WrestleMania, uh, like, Going back, like when when it started with JBL, I was a little bit like, "What happened here?" I don't remember it opening with JBL, and then Finley came out, and I was like, "I love wrestling." Here we go, ladies. Are you sure that championship scramble was at Unforgiven? Because I'm getting a battleground vibe from that match. Imagine if we brought it back at Battleground every fucking September. Tell me, there's at least a No Mercy in 2008, and did we watch it yet? There's no mercy coming after yes. the Unforgiven, so oh. you just you hold on to your hats because there's going to be Jericho losing a tooth. There's going to be Lance Cade's last pay per view, I think, before he passes away, and uh, it's definitely going to have a uh, little. Hopefully, Manu is there. Oh, let's watch the year when Lance Cade's fat friend is there and they're a tag team. That guy <laughs> was the fucking best. I loved his fat friend. But Vladis, this WrestleMania 24 begins with JBL and Finley. And you made a little observation last week about we're seeing how important Finley was. And we are. Opening Mania, this wasn't a, on a pre-show. Kane was on the pre-show with Mark Henry. And it's been such a pleasure to see JBL in 2008. This match, these guys are hitting each other way too hard. And I loved it, ladies. Exactly what you would expect and exactly what we needed to open the biggest show of the year. I, and I agree because when it was JBL Finley, there is that moment of like, isn't like usually the opening match is like a Shawn Michaels versus somebody like early night, like Shawn versus Tatanka. You're something like a little more fast paced with some cruiserweight guys almost. Like, let's get the energy up. Big Show, Cena, uh, Owen, Owen Hart, Bret Hart. Opening match is important. So when you got JBL and Finley, it's a little hesitation, but then you remember it's 2008. And 
they had a great storyline, I thought, with Finley and Hornswoggle. And uh, I remember JBL, I remember distinctively JBL beating up Hornswoggle like he did on that Raw. So it, it definitely wasn't a nothing match. So watch. And then when they go, this is a Belfast brawl, I was like, uh, I could hear Vince just, Belfast brawl. I was so excited for this for this match. And it didn't disappoint. I liked the ending. I like a clean win for JBL. Of course, it's like no holds barred. So I don't know how clean it is. But it definitely was exciting. Huge fan. Loved it. Oh, Vleeties. The Belfast brawl is the only way to start in our, at least with New England booking. You and your fucking Atlanta booking, you need a luchador out there doing a 450 corkscrew. <laughs> Fuck no, Vleeties. Although I did watch a 1998 pay-per-view with Takamichi and Oku on it. And I wouldn't have minded seeing him, him and Christian open this one. But, Vleeties, I will take a Belfast brawl with JBL. See, that's why I can't even remember what we've watched. I'm watching too many different eras. I'm actually still watching week to week. Shawn Michaels is back, Vleeties, so I'm there. And I cry every time Ronda comes out. Then I'm watching the Ad- Attitude Era because there's something to wrestle with. And we need yeah. to watch along with them. And now I'm trying to watch 2008 with you. And honestly, it's perfect this way because it really shows how great 2008 is. It's better than everything I've ever watched, Felidius. And I can't wait to watch your 2003 and rub it in your fucking face how shitty it is. But in the meanwhile, let's celebrate uh, the Belfast Brawl. Uh, who won this one? I don't even know. JBL won. It was it was a great ending. It was, uh, like you said, they were, they were hitting each other too hard. I like when the JBL's in a match because you can guarantee, like, you know when you hit somebody too hard, you give them a receipt, like, all right, I'm going to get you later. Uh, there was a lot of those. They didn't even get you later. They just, all right, next move, I'm going to hit you way harder than you hit me. And it ended with a clothesline from hell, and a lot of people don't like that move. I, I love it. I, I think he he hits them so fucking hard that it doesn't look fake because it's not. He's literally like, it's not even his arm hitting you. It's like his elbow is smacking you in the face. So I'm all in for a clothesline from hell, and I think this one was perfect. Ladies, CM Punk got hit too hard in the second match because we had a money in the bank. It had Carlito, my favorite slow motion wrestler, way better at slow motion wrestling, way better at slow motion wrestling than MVP, who's your favorite. Then Chris Jericho, John Morrison, Mr. Kennedy, Shelton Benjamin. What a what a group of individuals for a mid And ladies, there's a point where CM Punk gets a rolling thunder on a ladder. And I, for some reason, I think I wrote that MVP did it, but isn't this a Mr. Kennedy move? So I don't know who did it. It might have been uh, a, a situation where, please, did the black guy or the white guy do it? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Kennedy's the one who did it. That used to be his move off the second rope. When he debuted, that was his thing. He would do, He, you know, he's from Green Bay, Wisconsin, so his move was called the Lambo Leap. And he would do a steamroller from the second rope and just squish you. He did it against Funaki at least 36 times on velocity. I'll bet you 10 bucks MVP stole this fucking move and did it in slow motion to CM Punk on a ladder during this awesome mid match. Because all I can remember is CM Punk screaming after. Like, oh, it sounded like it was the most painful thing. And I remember MVP looking down at him like, not giving a fuck, but kinda. He <laughs> threw up the X for the ref, but he was happy about it. And besides this screaming cell from CM Punk, on the stolen Mr. Kennedy finisher. Uh, he must have stored a couple extra finishers. Ladies, I have 2K19. You don't have to store finishers to steal them anymore. Now you use pay- a payback. So back in 2008, I think MVP used a payback on Mr. Kennedy, then used that moveset on CM Punk. And I knew CM Punk was going to win this match, obviously, but watch, rewatching it now, and we know where Jericho goes in the year. We know where he started in this year. I really watched this thinking Jericho was going to win this money in the bank. There were a few moments in there where it really was Jericho's going to win. Jericho's going to win. Here he goes. Jericho's going to get the briefcase. And 
I don't know. I feel like maybe there was a little bit of a missed opportunity here. Obviously, it needed it all worked out for everybody the way it should have. But rewatching this, I did enjoy pants Jericho with short hair. I know last week I said I hate it. He needs to long hair with pants, short hair with shorts. That's how it goes. Uh, this was the first time where I think I thought, why is Jericho not winning this and cashing in? And they made a lot of reference this pay-per-view. I never really remembered this. I've rewatched this WrestleMania before, but hearing Jerry Lawler continuously go, he might cash this in tonight. You can cash this in as soon as tonight. You can cash it. I thought this was going to be like, holy shit. Like whoever wins this should have cashed in later in the night. They were setting it up. So I can imagine, you know, in that, not Undertaker, obviously, but that Randy Orton match, it kind of ended so fast and, and it was, you know, fast pace, high, high octane action, brother. I really thought there could have been a CM Punk or Jericho cash in later in the evening. This is one of the two most surprising win, wins for me of Mitby. And both of them are guys I would love later, but I just feel like they cash or they won this match way too early. CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Because I, I don't know why I was rewatching that, but then I rewatched Daniel Bryan winning that when Wade Barrett should have won that. Wade Barrett even beat him at SummerSlam when we were up at PR 17, sitting in the shittiest fucking area ever, not able to even yell. Felidius, don't remind me about that SummerSlam. Thank God it's not at the Staples Center anymore. It should be at the Barclays Center, the home of the WWE, the new Madison Square Garden. <laughs> the fuck was I talking about? Uh, you were talking about CM Punk, how you liked him Thank uh, you. later on, but winning this match, you kind of weren't sold on Too him. early, because, well, here's the thing. I love the summer of Punk with short hair CM Punk. I hate the summer of Punk with long hair CM Punk. And this was between those, and this isn't the same guy that I'll defend to my death. Like, when you trash CM Punk, talk about someone walking by the TV and being like, this is champion. I totally get that in 2008. I support the punt he would get at Unforgiven slash no mercy uh my favorite <laughs> pay-per-view slash battleground i support that punt punt decision it could be the most memorable part of the year jericho winning that belt because of it so i'll defend that but i i just really don't get cm punk winning over these guys at this time what could they have seen in him and i've heard bruce pritchard himself talk about this and i still have no idea how cm punk won this fleeties it almost seems like anyone else is a better option especially my favorite mvp are you sold on him yet well, and, and honestly, going back and rewatching, you know, MVP's working with Flair. He's in an elimination chamber. And you're right. It kind of seems like MVP was a, a little more on a, you know, to superstardom where CM Punk is losing to Chavo Guerrero two months in a row. So I kind of agree with you on that. And yeah, I did. I literally, like maybe two days ago, listened to the rise of CM Punk on something to wrestle with. And uh, I hate Conrad sometimes so much, by the way. Um, but yeah, I definitely... Um, I, I was, I'm with you. It's, you know, they're kind of have they're bitching punk out. He's not really doing too much. And then already wins money in the bank. It's like, what's the theory about, or why have him win here? I don't know. Let's do something with him. Uh, you know, it's, it just seemed like it's a money in the bank. It's huge. You really should have a little more plan than, I don't know. Let's try it out. You know, it's it just, I, I know when they're, whenever the, he's, he's admitted everyone who's won a money in the bank, they don't know what's next. They just go, all right, he's going to win. The only person they might've known was like, Obviously, Randy Orton, when he won his, but it just seems like, yeah, well, all right, they won it, and now we'll figure it out later. And sometimes that's fun because it's spontaneous, but in this case, it was a little bit, you're right, CM Punk, weird. Like I really thought he should have been fighting Chavo for the ECW championship on this pay-per-view. Well, they even called it a victory for ECW, which I thought was hilarious. I guess yeah. he was ECW when he won it then. Is this before he was on the main roster? 
This was ECW is considered the main roster. However, I'm kind of with you in this era. It is like triple A baseball. Like, yeah, you're in the pros, but yeah, it's triple A, but you're on the 40 man roster, not the 25 man. I, it's probably more about that then. It's about legitimizing the ECW brand and having ECW win, I think, more than Punk. Because there's nothing measurable he has. He's not an athlete. And we're seeing that more in MMA than I ever knew. Like in wrestling, he was always awkward. Not. And it's weird that we consider John Cena the awkward guy. It's, they just call it a brawler, ladies. It makes up for him being awkward. It's awkward. But it's weird because Punk is way more awkward. You see that elbow drop he tries to do off the top rope? It's like that almost exposed him, and then he just kept doing it. Remember that time they got a fucking three count on Jack Swagger, and he was supposed to kick out or something? Yeah. I can't remember, Vladis, but we'll rewatch that when we rewatch 2013. Right now we're in 2008, Vladis, and I can't figure out how CM Punk won. When Matt Hardy came out and got this, Matt Hardy interferes in this match, Vladis, to get MVP, our new favorite, because MVP was the reason Matt Hardy was injured. This crowd... Exploded! He should have won! Matt Hardy should have taken that fucking briefcase. No one would have complained. It would have been bigger than Zack Ryder stealing the IC title that time. That was the worst fucking WrestleMania ever. But, Fleetius, we'll talk about that when we talk about 2017. Right now, we're talking about 2008. I think that was 2017. Uh, and, Fleetius, again, Matt Hardy should have won this. I'm just happy Shelton Benjamin got carted off, though. That's the one great part of this match. And I remember watching this with Storm back in 2008. And feeling like Punk's win was important because knowing the hype of him, but getting it even less then. Or I don't know, ladies, I think I might get it less now. No, and I'm with you where at that time, I think I might have been okay with it. I, I, I liked CM Punk because I did watch ECW and he was kind of the, he was the only baby face you were kind of rooting for. I think RVD was gone by now, obviously. And ECW was just I mean, look, fucking Chavo and Kane was the title match on this pay-per-view. So it definitely, yeah, a victory for ECW. Like, he was really the only ECW guy you you watched it for. Like, they really built a brand around him. And having him win this year and then taking him off of ECW kind of hurt ECW until Matt Hardy saves the brand. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you on that where maybe he just wasn't in that. If he was on a Raw or a SmackDown doing this kind of a, doing this kind of stuff, it might have seemed a little more legit. But even after listening to something to wrestle uh, with Bruce Richard, uh, they do they do go over some of the matches. And I guess at this time he was wrestling on SmackDown a lot too. So they had that. You know, I, I brought it up at uh, No Way Out, but they were doing a SmackDown ECW like cross getting together and doing this shit. And uh, yeah, he he was wrestling a lot, so I guess there was a little bit more to it. Because in 2008, all we're thinking, or in 2018, all we're thinking is, um, the ECW guy won. The ladies, then we have the cage lowering music, the intense main event music playing as we see Orton, Cena, Triple H in their respective locker rooms, looking super intense, getting ready for their triple threat title match. And Triple H has to fucking ruin everything good. Although, I guess we can't just have this Cena-Orton rematch from the pay-per-view before. But we'll talk about that when the match comes, ladies. Then we, get then we get into the Hall of Fame. Gerald Briscoe, motherfucker, from the Briscoe Brothers Body Shop. Fuck yeah. Remember Gerald Briscoe? Did people in 2008 remember? Because it's 2018, and I still will never forget the Attitude Era. Pat Patterson, Gerald Briscoe, the Stooges, some of the best fucking characters in history. It was great to see him and his friend get inducted. I don't know who was with him. It must have been his him manager. his friend. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty cool. Jerry Briscoe, believe he did it. Not that Ring of Honor Briscoe brother. No, I really, yeah, I didn't get, I still don't understand why those guys are the Briscoe brothers. That, that shouldn't be, like, we, you and I just start a tag team called the Undertakers. I think we can just <laughs> run with that. Uh, but no, I, I, it was cool to see 
uh, Rocky Johnson. It was cool to see the High Chief. It was cool to see the Rock with like a receding hairline. Remember, he used to like keep the hair. Uh, so it, yeah, I liked the Hall of Fame bit. I was a little. It seemed early in the night for me because I guess they were trying to use it as a come down from the Money in the Bank. But it was yeah, it was real cool having all you know. I liked the Hall of Fame ceremony, and then we got to see a young Charlotte Flair when she was Ashley. And uh, yeah, it was cool. I, I liked. I used to really enjoy the hall as a kid, at least. You know, it's like, wow, these are the Hall of Famers, the old timers. Except Ric Flair was about to have a, a fucking kick-ass match. And we got to see Fat David Flair. That's always fun. That was weird, wasn't it? <laughs> it's, it, it isn't it weirder every time? You think it would get less weird, but every time I see a picture, and it doesn't matter if it's 2008 or 2018, David Flair is fucking fat. It's like he was just skinny for two years. It was on Nitro. And then he was fat every time after that before. And it was clear that the dead son was the one that was going to be the star. Did you see those killer fucking I don't blink eyes? That Those fucking, what's that kid's name? And do we have the 911 call, ladies, on uh, on fat, what, uh, speed dial? I want to hear Ric Flair crying on the 911 call. Where is it? Reed definitely looked, like, you're right, like the wrestler. And yeah, it's so strange to to see David because... He obviously, I mean, obviously he's Ric Flair's son, but there just seemed like there was a lot of potential there. And even if, and he was being pushed in that direction, you know, like, hey, obviously we're going to make you a star. You are, you know, you're, you're Ric Flair's son. You're, you can kind of move in the ring. You had a crowbar. Let's make this shit work. So I don't know why it never really panned out for him. I know they put him at OVW like in 0102. He must have just not been interested in this shit. He's probably selling State Farm or something right now. Ladies, I'm calling 911. Maybe they have the call. I figure I'm going to go right to the source. Hey, I need to hear Ric Flair crying. No, I do have it, but we'll listen to that another time. Ladies, this is about 2008. We'll discuss Reed Flair's death when we talk about 2009. I assume that was literally two, day, two days into 2009, hopefully, or else we're picking a different year. Also in the Hall of Fame, ladies, is a 100-year-old Mae Young. And she didn't slip in the bathroom like Reed. So she, that's why she lives so long. And she's out, she actually tried to strip down, which I think is hilarious. Like, I asked right. if kids understand Gerald Briscoe. Did uh, kids in 2008 understand why this old lady was ripping her fucking clothes off? And why this nobody was ripping, like, help stopping her from doing it? Love Mae Young, love the character. But was it reinforced enough over time at this point that there was minimal confusion with your generation? There was a there even watching it now. There was a little bit of why is she doing that? And you kind of remembered like the oh yeah, she literally showed her breasts on on at the Royal Rumble, right? Like so we've seen those before, and they put up that big X on the screen just a few seconds after you could see him. I wonder if that's cut out on the network. So all you kiddos out there, uh, Royal Rumble 2000, uh, you might see some May Young. You might see a eight a 92 year old May Young without clothes on. You brought up The Rock. I'm pretty sure he got in. His mom got in. His granddad got in. His dad got in. Every fucking Samoan got in, so that was fun. You got to see little Samoa Joe. He was just eight years old back then. And he came out, and he had <laughs> got a little promo about his brother and his cure. Anyways, please, Ric Flair had a quote I loved, and it's the only quote I wrote down from this event. We don't even have a Mike Adamley quote, but Ric no. Flair said, moments like this when guys who hated him themselves for things they've done wrong See, they must have done something right. And I realize, Vleeties, I'm Ric Flair without that moment. I'm just going to hate myself my whole life for shit I've done, and I'm never going to have a Hall of Fame moment. I'm never going to have a moment where I realize I did something right, Vleeties. I'm just going to have you in the end and no one else. Wow. I have you in the end, brother. 
And I'm like, no, wait, I'll be I'll dead Reed Flair, find him in the bathroom. That better not happen to Max or Rosanna, Vleeties. Don't even joke about it. Then we have Santino with Snoop Dogg backstage, Vleeties, and a young Todd Grisham. And Festus, is that his name? That is his name. I was a little, uh, I, I forgot this whole time. It's cool to see uh, one-tenth of the Bullet Club at WrestleMania 24. I like this character a lot. Like, a bell apparently sets him off. Finally, something interesting for this Gallows guy. I, before seeing Festus, I've seen the picture, of course. We've all seen the, the still from this scene, by the way, of him just looking like an idiot. Uh, before this, my, his big highlight for me was when he was ripping up Brooke Hogan's tit at that wedding on TNA. Otherwise, I didn't know anything else he did. Festus was great. There's suspense in this character. He, like, he's retarded. We can make fun of him, but a sound effect will set him off. And it's always great to see Santino. Him and Snoop have great chemistry, ladies. Did you know that Snoop's Izzle talk is actually carny talk? I do know that, yeah, after listening, you know, I mean, well, you know, oh, you know you why think, I know. You, so, yeah, I definitely, um, I, I catch it now. So when Mick does it or any of the other people do it, I feel like it's a white thing now. I feel like the white people yeah, are the ones working at We're carnival, taking it so. back, and no one knows. Yeah. And let me give you the ultimate something to wrestle with quiz. You think you know something to wrestle with? Marco! Marrow. Yes, there we go. It's the best ever. <laughs> Isn't that such a Mark Marrow idea? And I love every time they call it out. Let's just steal that and pretend it's our joke. I I do enjoy. I could just see Mark Marrow like then that damn bell ring. Like he loved Johnny Be Good. Then they or Johnny Be Bad, and then he comes over to the WWF and he's just the he's the wild man, Mark Marrow. Like it just was. It was never gonna work. They gave him Sable. What do you mean? He had Sable and a shooting star press. What else do you need? What do you need him to stalk the Undertaker? Jesus Christ! I need him to get rid of that facial hair. He's got the Hulk Hogan drawn-on facial hair all through '98. Ladies, if he got to come in as the boxer, he would have been successful. It's that wild man bullshit. And I'll never forget seeing him for the first time as a kid. I was like, "Who the fuck is the wild man?" <laughs> <laughs> he like was a Triple H backstage, and he's he... got just like a Miami Vice like jacket on. The wild man. He was Mark doing Merrill. the Mark Merrill big eyes, and then Triple H interrupted his promo. And he got really mad at him and fucking speared him into the garage door. And I remember like being more interested in how the garage door reacted to the impact than him. Like, and I still am very interested in what those doors are made out of. There's something loose about the metal. We need a cage made out of that. Slam people into it. The sound's great. It echoes. It keeps doing it. And all, well, please, we have backstage brawls in 2K19. But they don't have that sound effect in it. But yeah, I'll never forget seeing Wild Band for the first time. That might have been King of the Ring 90. No, it wasn't. Mark Merrow was in King of the Ring. But King of the Ring 96, please, he's unrelated. I think that was WrestleMania 12. Yeah. They had the backstage oh. brawl. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we talk about 96, please. Oh, and sorry. King of the Ring. I just wanted to say that I, I thought Snow Cold was going nowhere. I saw that fucking promo live. And 12 year old Kevin, 10 year old Kevin, couldn't believe Stone Cold brought up Shawn Michaels' name. He brings him up because he said he's going for the title. I'm like, don't even say that. That'll never happen, you fucking nobody. I didn't know the word jobber then. But, ladies, now we have the GMs in the ring at WrestleMania 24. Teddy Long and, uh, oh, Steven Regal looking fucking fit as hell. He looked great. Oh, great facial expressions, too. Very intense looking. He said Umanga, our favorite thing. Because yeah. we, we got to see Bobby Lashley. Not Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Who does Umanga fight? That's the other WrestleMania. Batista. Batista versus Umanga. Batista was so fired up for this. And this is towards the end, isn't it? Doesn't he leave us around this time? Or when does he leave us, please? 
Batista has another two years oh, after Oh, okay, this. 2011. I saw when he left. That's when he was sitting in the wheelchair and he did that awesome promo, freaking <laughs> out. That was a great exit. All right, so he had some time left, but he I figured he was super burned out by this time. But it was great to see WrestleMania light a fire into Batista, bring out the Drax in him. That entrance, he was so winded. And he was as winded as Little Nate later doing the meme run. Can't wait to talk about that, the endless <laughs> fucking meme run. I always see it now. I got to see it in context. But <laughs> Batista vs. Manga fucking loved it. I'm not going to dislike anything, ladies. It's 2008. We got Santino fucking hanging out with Snoop Dogg. What's there to be upset about? Not Batista. The crowd even loved this shit. And I feel like now I almost understood his comeback more watching this match. Like, is this what Vince thought would happen? Maybe if Orton versus Batista went like this, it could have been the WrestleMania main event that was in his mind. But uh, I enjoyed this, ladies. Again, Umaga. What else can we say about Rosie during this time? He was so good. I love the face tattoo looked real. I think they actually gave him one for WrestleMania. I love both characters, and I miss them both equally. Yeah, and the same the same exact feeling. Umaga. Why is he? He's so much better than I remember. And this, you know, looking at this ring time, it was seven, just over seven minutes. And it was incredible. It was fast-paced. It was kind of a simple, Umaga's beating him up, and then he has the, the comeback and wins. But for WrestleMania, they did a great job at really selling, like, the battle for brand supremacy. And even Lawler, who's on Raw, isn't going, oh, well, Raw's obviously going to win. They didn't make it gimmicky, like, oh, well, you know, I'm Raw and you're SmackDown. We need to disagree. It was literally, who the fuck is going to win? This is a great match. We have a badass from Raw and a badass from SmackDown. What's going to happen? And it was fun. Like, yeah, like you said, Batista comes out, machine guns, big smile. Almost, get, I think he gave Teddy Long a fist bump. It was just, it, it was fun. And for a match that, if it didn't have Raw versus SmackDown, if it kind of, you know, they gave it a special feel by having Regal come out, having Theodore Long come out. They made it feel like a WrestleMania match rather than, oh, well, this could have just happened on a SmackDown. Like, no, it was, they did a great job with all the, it just, it felt huge. So yeah, Umaga is definitely like, so far in 08, he is like the sleeper MVP mm. of these first couple months. I can't wait to see what he does next. How good is Batista's song? I know it didn't sound like it for the first half of that, but I think it came together in the end. I actually like my words better. <laughs> Batista's song is great. This was the first time his guns were on point with the fireworks that I ever saw. Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view. He nailed every bullet that time. Fucking awesome. I would have been hyped up, too. And it was like a perfect reload in Gears. He was fucking freak, freaking <laughs> out. And then we had Umanga looking hyped up. I, he needs a belt to put it in his mouth while he's coming out. And how easy is it to look like an idiot is this character? And he does not look like an idiot at all. He's brilliant. And at the time, I hated him. So you're so right about uh, how I'm getting better with time. Uh, way better than it should have been this match. Four and three quarter stars. Then we have Kane choke slamming Chavo. Beating him really quick. Didn't he do that to Ray at one WrestleMania? He did that at like a Money in the Bank or something uh, where he just beat him in a second. I, oh, I the best cash-in, Bleedies. Was that in our video? The Money in the Bank's best cash-ins? Because he helped Ray, chases the guy to the back, then the fire hits and he comes out and catches in. Let's watch that year next. <laughs> we have to watch. Yeah, I, and Kane in this uh, scenario, they did a great job with this. I really, because going into Mania, they didn't really have much for Chavo going in. It was, I don't know why it wasn't Punk now that we're talking about it, but I enjoy, I really enjoyed watching Kane come out and win in like 11 seconds or whatever it was. It was just a fun way to kind of get the belt on 
somebody else besides Chavo. I like Chavo as champion, but they were they were obviously out of ideas. But this was weird, wasn't it? It just kind of Kane's the ECW champion. It was weird to have Todd Grisham or what's his name. Joey Styles say that to my face. It's, well, it's also just weird to see Fit Kane. I wish he looked like this still as governor. He looks amazing shirtless. And I think when we do watch 2003, oh, my God, that'll be like the saving point. The selling point is Kane will look in 2003 like Undertaker does in 2008. He's going to co- That's like his year, Kane's year. And I never really saw it in full. So we might have to do that one next. It's your favorite, ladies. But yeah, Kane beating Chavo quickly. Whenever I see a fast match like this on any pay-per-view, it just reminds me of Daniel Bryan getting Sheamus after kissing AJ. <laughs> Very disappointing. Three years later, I believe, ladies. No, four years. Ah, oh, ladies, please. We'll talk about that when we talk about four years after this year. Right now, we're talking about 2008. And then Raven Simone makes a wish for some kids. And then we have Mike Adamley and Ric Flair in the back. No quotes from Adam Lee to remember. I will say his pacing was incredibly slow. Um, maybe that helps him. Maybe it make, stops him from messing up. But Ric Flair had to make the most awkward face for way too long because Mike Adam Lee couldn't get his line out. But when Adam Lee asked what his game fl- plan was, do you remember what Ric Flair said? I don't remember what, what? Ric Flair said. I feel like at this point I might have been doing some dishes or something. So there might have been a missed. Like I, I, I remember seeing Adam Lee. I don't remember what he said at all. Did you watch Hulu WrestleMania 24? Because <laughs> Ric Flair said, my game plan is to be the man. Fuck yeah. And then we have Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels in pound for pound, the greatest match of all time. If anyone is going to sit or act like Bret Hart with Ken Shamrock versus Stone Cold was so fucking great. Watch this one. There's no brawling outside the ring. You don't need that, Vladis. Uh, there was an, un- actually, there was, and there was a missed moonsault where Shawn Michaels looked like he broke some ribs on the table. <laughs> he fucking oh, did, didn't he? That's a very painful, and he didn't, he, like, he undersold it because he was actually hurt. If Hulk Hogan did it, he would have got up and did a cartwheel. He would have been insane. And then Vladis Flair finally hits the splash off the top. Another great highlight. I love Shawn Michaels not being able to hit that first super kick. Because he looked in his eyes. And then Ric Flair gets him in the figure four. Fucking great moment. And there's also a wonderful moment Joe Rogan calls out where Shawn Michaels tries to put Ric Flair in a figure four. But he messes that up. So he's doing the figure four wrong. Then on top of that, he's putting himself in a heel hook for Ric Flair. But (laughs) Ric Flair has to sell it. And Michaels is like, yeah, how's that feel? And it's like, no, your leg should be... I legitimately think he broke his ankle doing a figure four and no sold that like he did the broken ribs. So good job, HBK. But Vladis, what a match. Where does it stand for you in history? Um, I, I don't know where I would put it, even if it's top five. It's always hard for me to pick out matches unless it's WrestleMania 12 Iron Man. Like that one is just seems like it's hip enough, cool enough and still good enough. No other match has all three of that. Does this have that for you, Vladis? I cried uh, during this match. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know why. Because, you know, once the dishes were done and I sat down. Because this was, like, one of the actual. I, I mean, I watched all. like I think the only one I didn't really pay attention to might have been the bunny thing. I kind of zoned in and out. But I definitely sat down and watched this. And I cried during Ric Flair's entrance. I don't know why. Because I remember the Leave the Memories Alone video. And I've cried during that before. Uh, that song was on an iPod at one point for me. And. Then, yeah, just him coming out, and he looked great. He looked younger. And maybe it's just because I just watched this Evolution reunion where he looked old, and you kind of gotten used to old Ric Flair. Like, I was waiting for him to look for Sting at Impact Wrestling. Like, where's the Joker Sting? Where is he? But this guy looked different. Well, you know what? You're right, ladies. You know what it is? I... 
I always picture Triple H on Instagram training. It's because it's WrestleMania. These guys know they're going to be on the show. They're going to look the best they can. And you know you're getting the best-looking Ric Flair. Shawn Michaels in the best cardio shape. And, yeah, Ric Flair, it's odd. He looks great. Still a little flabby. It's I get it depends on the angle, whether he's crunching over. But no matter what, those shoulders, ladies, he's got the Goldberg traps. He's got the fucking he's got two of them. Uh, he does look great considering the age and all, all of that. And oh, I always remember Ric Flair talking about when in the 90s, when his son must have been David back when he was fat as a kid before he was briefly skinny for two years. Uh, David Flair was eating a pizza with it. He was sitting with his mouth full. He goes. One day Nia Jax is going to be my favorite wrestler because I'm going to get her and she's going to get me. But he also said, Shawn Michaels is my favorite right now. And Ric Flair said, who is that? And he started to take notice that there's a new guy in town. And here we are, 24 years, no wait, 15 years after that, in a retirement match. I love the stories told, the old yellow shit. <sighs> Ladies, was there a flaw in this? There wasn't a flaw. And yeah, the match was great. That moonsault that Shawn did on the announce table was great. It really felt, and you know, of course, hindsight is hindsight, but at the time, I guess I didn't know it was so obvious that Flair was going to retire, but it was a great match. I love, yeah, you're right. The old Yeller stuff was was perfect. You almost got to see Sean, like, almost be healed, but feeling so remorseful for having to do this. And Well, didn't uh, he just come up as stupid? I know that you're Sean, like, you used to be a Sean Michaels guy. To me. This is the best Shawn Michaels ever. Oh, stop it. He's te- <laughs> this is like the worst Shawn Michaels ever. Oh, this is the era where his opponents brought out the best in him, really. I, I liked like. Christian Shawn Michaels, all right? He was, even though he wasn't going down a blaze of glory, he was still kicking ass. I had his Rise Above shirt. I'd rather watch Christian versus Shawn Michaels with God in his corner than any of that shit, Felidis. I'm trying to watch uh, a, a wrestling match, and this is not even close to the best Shawn Michaels. But, I mean, if you want to say the best Shawn Michaels match, it's harder for me to argue that. Um, There's points where I believed Ric Flair would win, and you shouldn't have felt that watching this old fuck versus the greatest of all time, at least in my opinion. So, great stories told on both sides. Uh, Of course, you cried. Did you cry at the end, too? Because you cried during the entrance of Ric Flair. What about when Shawn Michaels said, I'm sorry, I love you, kicked him in the face, and hugged him for the pin? Did you cry during that, too? I cried after he pinned him, and then he, like, got up in his ear. Uh, and like, you know, he he probably said something really nice to him and it really, I don't know, got to me because, you know, it's a work. <laughs> I know that young bucks and I don't have to be reminded every 10 minutes that it's a fucking work, but it, it's like, it's great when moments like that happen, you, you know, it, it's, if it's not, if that happened all the time, it'd be annoying as shit to watch wrestling. But in a match like this, where it's obvious that this is this guy's final match, he, they, he just put on a classic for at his age, and nobody really expected him to. And think, like, th- what we've watched, we watched him have a good match with MVP with Ken Kennedy and then Sean on his way out. And it really is like, man, I kind of don't want Rick to go, but he has to go because he's, he's done it all. He's he can take all. David everything. with him, to, too, to a drive through Get out. He can take David with him. <laughs> yeah, look after Reed a little closer, you shitty parent. I'm telling you, Max ain't slipping in the fucking bathroom and cracking his dome piece, which I'm pretty sure is what happened. By the way, from the chat, ladies... My real name is Joe. <laughs> I, I messaged that to J- Jess today. Jess May Allen, the love of my life. I go, my real name is Joe, and I've been battling leukemia for 11 years. <laughs> ah! 
<laughs> Sorry, aren't you happy? How come everyone likes Roman now? I thought we hated him. And oh, wait, we I've liked Roman since I had the son. We can't once talk Ralph about came. this yet. Yeah, yeah once Ralph before. came, I would always hold him up like, here's your guy. And I'd bounce him. I'd be like, Danu, Danu, Danu. So Roman was just becoming a huge part of my family. Uh, so, yeah, I was a little bummed out when I heard the news that we're going to talk about. In this yeah, ladies, please, please. We have to talk about something called Playboy Mania. Snoop Dogg yes. was there. And Snoop I, Dizzle. I think Sasha was there with him, hanging out backstage, annoying everyone. There's some ugly pictures of her trying to get uh, Mickey James to pose with her. I don't think Mickey James was even there. God damn it, Kevin. Melina. And how great is Melina's song? She's in the Playboy something with Snoop Dizzle. And Melina's, play it. The, the use of feedback, the use of the whammy bar. Was this a Jim Johnston production? It had to be. Well, and it just fit her character. I'm glad she got to keep it. I know Morrison switched his song and didn't want to honor it. So, yeah, I'm glad Melina was still around. And uh, to steal some more words from our other, uh, our favorite show, our favorite podcast, uh, Melina, this is the most roll tide Melina ever. I was super into this. This was very hard to get through for me, if you know what oh, I mean. Oh, no, I'm rolling Maria's tide day and night. Maria <laughs> could be top five divas ever, and she better be on the Mount Rushmore next time we do the video. We're taking Charlotte off for Maria. Maria's perfect, and Lucky Santino, my favorite wrestler, got with one of my favorite divas. They should have got married, but that whore, Ashley Mazzaro, brought in Hugh Hefner to the relationship. But ladies, Melina was supposed to, she was positioned as like the next Trish, which is what Rhea should have been. Uh, remember when they had that storyline where Mick Foley acted like she, Melina was a legend already? And then it just turned it. into she's a drug addict who's naked online. Not that Did I would have seen her pants. That. Her pants were awesome, Kevin. They had no sides. What a song. Give me that slow motion in that jacket. Get that camera on me when I say in that jacket and move like that. Jesus, Fleety. Oh! Dude. Remember when that guy broke his face open at that ladder match? Fleety, we'll talk about that when we talk about 2011. But right now, <laughs> it's about uh, the Playboy Mania or something. So after the match, Maria doesn't win, is all I remember. And Snoop, uh, or Santino, starts berating her. You lost, you lost. And Snoop comes in and clotheslines him. Snoop comes in way too soon. Like, you could tell Santino was about to berate her. Like, the song had just faded. They're left in the ring alone. Maria's selling whatever on the ground. Santino's, like, next to her looking disappointed. And he's probably supposed to go so hard on her. Like, you suck. You lost. Snoop comes in almost instantly. Like, before any of this can happen. Clothesline's my favorite wrestler. Uh, ladies, uh, Santino saved another segment. So every pay-per-view we watch from 08, there's a segment that I would despise. Only one. Every match is great. Love everything I've seen. But there's one shitty diva segment, and then Santino's in it and makes it a highlight. That's how I feel about Santino, ladies, and I think he saved this one, too. He definitely, he's adding some flavor to this divas division, because this is the era of, this was a five-minute match. This was... Melina trying to do this entrance with Melina and Santino get it. They are doing this entrance perfectly. Beth Phoenix starts out doing this entrance perfectly. And then is kind of looking at Melina like, what do we do next? Like, when do we go to the ring and actually wrestle? Like, I feel really bad for Beth because if she, like, timing is everything. If she was just a couple years younger, she'd be in this women's evolution and she wouldn't have been doing this. Uh, but Santino helped her out, and uh, I, you know, I, it just was. You're right. Santino is saving these segments, and uh, I still like Ashley. I don't care what you guys say. I know her legs look like toothpicks, but I'm all in. Roll Tide. 
I hope Santino is aging well with the audience because he never got the love he deserved. I know he never got leukemia. Sorry. Because Roman Reigns, if he's he's dead. We'll talk about it later. He's so dead. But if he put this camera on me when I say he's dead. But if he survives it, ladies, how over will he be? How like monumentally will he be? It's how over Santino should be. He was so talented, so funny. Beth Phoenix calls him the funniest person she ever met. She ended up marrying Edge like an idiot. Imagine if she had a little <laughs> sp- <laughs> Imagine if she had a little spick baby from Santino. Would have been the best. He would have come out with a gi on. I actually have the gi. <laughs> Santino shirt it's a medium that still doesn't fit and we're gonna get in there ladies we're gonna squeeze that thing on but in the meanwhile we have John Cena versus Triple H versus Randy Orton in John Cena's worst ever entrance I've ever seen and no wonder nobody fucking talks about this shit entrance a high school band comes out and like half the band I don't even think all the instruments are there (laughs) I swear there's no bass in it I don't know. He's like, there's a rap song. And then they're playing it wrong. Like, I almost want to play it. It's not, it's supposed to go, do, 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 do. But they're going like, da, 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 It's not even that close. It's, it's so off. And you know what? On the sheet music, it's probably, do, 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 translates to what they're playing. But they don't have the soul of it. It's just not there. And it's missing half the band. So, no, they should have did uh, the Thugonomics song because oh. you're right. Yeah, the it was a little more of a da, 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 da. it wasn't really it didn't it just wasn't a Cena entrance song. And I don't know when him coming out in his jersey, like it all just it, it wasn't it wasn't popping, bro. I wasn't into this entrance. You're right. Out of all like the Cena entrances, I wish there was a hundred guys dressed like John Cena doing a "You Can't See Me." I thought that would have been way cooler. Do we still love the spinner belt? I feel like I've defended it in the past, but watching Randy Orton come out with it, I'm like, why does he have Cena's belt? It just really feels like we took the fucking smoking skull and made the rock walk around with it, which I fought. I just figured the spinner belt will define an era define an era. It really doesn't in the way that I expected it to. It is just Cena's belt. And the more time passes, the more it feels like Cena's belt. So how are you feeling about the spinner belt? Or did you ever even like it? I liked it when Cena brought it out. I thought it was so cool because he had the U.S. spinner. So him having his own belts was making sense. But, yeah, as soon as he lost it, bring back that classic belt. When you think about how long that belt was in existence, Lesnar brought it out in 02 or whatever. The Rock brought it out, whoever did Undertaker. Who the fuck ever brought it out in 02? Um, I don't want to get tweets. Whoever brought that out in 02, that belt then went away in 2005 when Cena won the belt. So it only had like a three-year lifespan for a good-looking, undisputed WWE championship belt. Why didn't they just bring it back? Like, I even like the the storyline where Cena brings out his spinner belt and JBL's bringing back the, you know, he he comes out with the classic title, like, or, you know, the, the current one. Like, no, this is what a belt looks like. Your spinner thing is nonsense. So as soon as Cena lost... They should have just brought that belt back. I didn't know why we kept the spinner around. And I don't know why we got rid of the belt that fucking Triple H had. The the Broadway lettering, the mm. WWF champion. And don't that, say that. that. Why would you say that Triple H had? Why did you say that? Stone Cold, Fleeties. It debuted on, during his era. But here's did the weird, here's the weird. Yeah, the night after WrestleMania 14. Oh, because whenever I picture Austin at the belt, I picture him with the one he won at WrestleMania 14. No, he never even had that, Fleeties. The next day they got rid of when it. When Triple H won that belt, there's a great <laughs> gif of him holding it all with his creepy face that I can't recreate right now. But on Halloween, give me a call. You know what's weird, too? I was showing Jess May Allen some Attitude Era. The Stone Cold versus Vince collection on the network. 
And that belt was blue, the fucking Broadway lettering one. Did you know that? The strap was? Yeah, there was a, there was, oh, the strap was blue. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, the strap was like a darker blue. And I don't know if it's because it was an HD now or not that it was because it never was. But I don't know, better master copy in HD, upconverted, Vlitis. At the time, I think I had a CRT TV and we were not seeing blue. I thought it was a black strap my whole life. But Vlitis, we'll talk about that when we talk about 96 through 99, which will be a very special episode. It's going to be a long one. <laughs> can't wait for that. Talk about every fucking pay-per-view. And you said earlier that the Mitby match was your surprise, like you expected someone else to win. This triple threat match, Ceno, Triple H, and Orton, I thought the whole time Triple H was going to win. I just figured he's going to ruin it. Why else is he in it? And then what happens? Oh, the punt heard round the world. Triple H pedigrees some asshole. Orton comes in, punts Triple H off the asshole, pins the asshole, and wins. I loved this finish. Otherwise, I paid no attention to this fucking match. Three boring guys. What do I give a shit? Triple threat matches are against everything I believe WrestleMania is for. For ladies, call me old school, but I like that New England booking. Not that Atlanta shit. I need one 1v1 one one for every title. If there's a third guy in, all of a sudden, it's like it, it, someone interfered. It's no longer a real win when someone wins. So do I feel like Orton's better than these guys? No. And that's what matches are for. So we should have got Triple H versus Orton and have him punt him and win anyway. Would have loved that finish even more. A clean punt win over. <laughs> that would have been way better. So I hate this match, but I love this finish, and it was an okay match, Felitas. And rewatch it, because I remember at the time when we first, when I first saw this, I say we because it was like me and my friends, but it felt fast. I know it was like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, whatever, something teen minutes. And Rewatching it this time, I knew the finish. I knew that Orton was going to do something devious, but I really liked the four or five minutes where it was Triple H versus Cena. Because now that I am an internet guy, now that I know who Conrad Thompson, now that I know who Dave Meltzer is, uh, I you, you kind of knew that it was supposed to be Triple H versus Cena one on one. It was supposed to be that the year before. It was supposed to be that this what? year. What? I didn't know that. What are you yeah. talking about? What happened? Did oh I know what happened. Shawn Michaels fucking squashed that because you know. One time Mick Foley was supposed to fight for the belt at WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels threw coffee in his face and fired him. Turns out he couldn't fire him. He just had a Legends contract. He just was there, yeah. Yeah, he just had a work-from-home free money contract, and he just got to get in everyone's ear. And he got Mick Foley taken out of the match. But sorry, ladies, I, I digress. What were you saying? No, it was just uh, – it was supposed to be Triple H and Cena at, yeah, that WrestleMania 23. Oh. Then, then Triple H got hurt. Then it was supposed to be Cena, Triple H, but Cena got hurt. And then they reworked it where Cena came back and won the Rumble. So it was, you know, everyone kind of thought, oh, we're building that, you know, yes. Triple H versus Cena again. But then they went with Orton to kind of throw a wrench in the plans because somebody talked to Brian Alvarez with Four Corner Wrestling or and whatever. And you were the only one happy about it, right? By the way, we're talking about theme <laughs> songs. I would like to see that school band talk about voices in their head. But <laughs> but, but Orton, <laughs> that was way funnier than I thought it would be. But Orton's song was the best at this time. Hey, and we say this every 2008 event, and apparently we're going to get to hear this for a little while longer, because like you said, we watched No Battleground to start off this 2008 journey, and now we know that song stays at least till then. So hey, nothing you can say, the song Orton hates for some reason. If I was Randy Orton, I'd be driving town to town with that blasting in my car and repeat. <laughs> I would love that song. Hey, uh, I went ahead and 
brought I brought up Adobe Audition and remastered my theme, Vince. Have Kevin cue this one tonight. I gave the bass a little boomph. I'd be so into the song, I'd remix the motherfucker. Tell Jim Johnson I made his song better. The Hayes are louder. Also, I'm singing it now. Here, play this one tonight. It'd be Randy Orton's voice saying, hey, nothing you can say if I was him. Uh, but the ladies, he won, and we got to hear the greatest song ever, and there's nothing Triple H can say after that boot fucking concussed him. Is there a better evil finisher than a punt? Uh, no, there's not. And I really enjoyed the way he did it here. I thought Triple H uh, did a great job flopping and just kind of looking like he got killed. And Orton does this perfectly. However, this was an era where, you know, we bring up Orton leaning leaning out and getting slimmer. Yeah. He definitely has little baby calves because he has the littlest ankles. But I love Randy Orton. He's my all-time favorite, and it was great to see him get a win at WrestleMania. Even though you're right, like, I don't think he – and I didn't leave the event – feeling that he was better than any any either of the two but he definitely like it would just fit that story of i'm just trying to keep the fucking belt hey okay, i keep the belt i'm just trying to keep it hey Laya, ladies you told me Shawn michaels versus rick flair was flawless what about when Shawn michaels was laying on his back rick flair was on top of him on his back and they were trying to bridge up together was that flawless when old flawless. man rick one of them's flair... old no two of them are old why even try it do you think they rehearsed that spot and it worked once like there's no way it would work <laughs> there's no way it worked without adrenaline like i imagine at royal rumble 94 or 95 which we'll talk about please when we talk about 95 i imagine they rehearsed Shawn michaels not letting a foot hit now they must have rehearsed this spot where they flawlessly botched it but please like you said one of them's all i'll let it go all right ladies the triple threat match mercifully ended and then we get the reason we fucking showed up the lt of 2008 the real main event of this show floyd mayweather comes out and gives us chair shots to the head yes i love 2008 we got chair shots to the head at uh battle mercy we got it i think at royal rumble was this the Royal Rumble where The Rock hit McFoley 11 times with a chair? I swear we yeah, just that was, watched that it. that was 2008. You're right. Oh, best year. Fucking hell, man. And he got in the Hall of Fame two weeks later with his mom. The Rock had the best 2008. Crushed it. Oh, but I loved the chair shots to the head. Um, I loved the entrances of both men. Uh, uh, Floyd, we all know he's the greatest, but Big Show. Has this journey through memory lane made him better for you? Like, when he came back and demolished New Day... I forgot about it. Then I watched this event, and when I'm watching SmackDown after, I'm like, oh, yeah, big show. Fuck yeah, chokeslam that that uh, New Day motherfucker through that table. I'm psyched to see him. I miss having a, a real big man. Since Big Cass got fired for liking Donald Trump, uh, we don't really have... We have Braun, but he's a monster, please. He's not a big man. We don't have Kurgan anymore, you know? So right. I miss Big Show, and when he comes back... He's been gone long enough for me to be happy to see him, and I really enjoyed at least watching this match <laughs> with Floyd Mayweather. Uh, I'm with you, and I it does help you appreciate Big Show more because, yeah, he's just a big guy, big fucking monster-looking guy. And uh, in 2018, yeah, it is fun to watch him be a heel. He should have always just been a heel. I know that he's a fun, like, really nice guy, so they want to make him a baby face, but just let him come out and destroy dudes. I think I'd unforgive him when he punches Undertaker in the back of the head. Does like the KO punch to the back of the head. I thought this is the best move of all time. That should be his finisher finisher all the time. Even though he's a big guy and you want him to choke slam people, a punch to the back of the head while the guy's down 
is I've awesome. grown to love that punch. How about the one where he had fucking Rusev laying down in the corner? He just punched him when he was yeah, laying in the corner. Yeah, just punched him. Just the buried best. him. No reason. Dude, how about Battleground? The real Battleground. When he came out and fucking ruined the main event by punching everyone. Uh, he had a really good heel run against Cena. Was that 2013? I don't know. Well, don't spoil it. We'll figure out when we talk about 2013. And I don't think we ever appreciated that when it was happening. Sorry, I didn't have leukemia. He just has a giant... What is that gland that's fucked up? Agromegaly is messing with his pituitary gland. So I can't make any wishes with that. Jesus. Roman Reigns is calling John Cena for a fucking autograph right now. I had the best tweet about Roman Reigns being a -A Make-A-Wish kid, but I don't have Twitter. So you don't know what it's like, please. (laughs) I don't have an outlet. So I had to go to YouTube and post it. No one on YouTube gets me. They're all gasping. Too shocking. Too far. Everyone loves Roman now. We wished cancer on him for years. We finally get it. I can't wait to talk about Raw with you. But yeah, ladies, I loved uh, Floyd's Aladdin pants. Uh, Real confusing thing, though. Two things. First, let's bring out the good. I loved the punches in this finish. Even when he put on the fucking brass knucks. And he, he really punched him. How do we not see this replay more, ladies? Is it because Vince thinks Shane will punch Stephanie as a kid if they show it? Because this is a brilliant highlight. Looks great in slow motion. It's in HD. It's Floyd Mayweather punching Big Show. We should see this every WrestleMania. I saw it for the first time watching this. And I loved this finish, ladies. I thought it was great, and yeah, rewatching it, it, it does stick out as a great finish. I know there was all kinds of melee, and you know, Floyd's posse gets involved, but yeah, I mean, it makes Picture look great that he's handling all these guys. But yeah, when he puts those knuck, he takes the gloves off, puts the knucks on, perfect punch, and then Big Show does a great job at you know the ten count, not immediately popping up and or not just laying there dead. He does a good job at like, I'm crawling because I'm still going to get up. I'm I'm the big show. And Ladies, yeah, even though he help doesn't me get up, that. he loses. It, it was great. What are the rules here? Why didn't he pin him? Was this last man standing? Why was there a 10 count? Was this WCW shit? We're just making it up as we go? I feel like it was WCW shit where they were like, well, obviously he's a, he's a boxer, damn it. He's got to <laughs> knock him out for the 10 count. Damn but it. they don't count 10 unless both guys are down. So it seemed like... Maybe Floyd could have fallen down from the exhaustion of the match and just beat him up. But if you beat him up, the count stopped. I don't know, ladies. The finish doesn't make sense, but it was a real fucking punch, and he had Aladdin pants on. So I can't sit here and complain. I just want to see the highlight more of the punch. Um, And, yeah, I think this is a great story told of how a guy who weighs 140 could beat a guy who weighs 440 with his entourage pulling at the easy work. It's fucking big show. Then ladies, we have Kim Kardashian announcing our record attendance for this nice. in the citrus bowl. It's 74,635 and it's a scam ladies. We know they're lying. We know 8,000 of that is the production team. We know, we know it's way more than that. Yeah. It's fucking tons more. And then we have undertaker versus edge ladies. This is a controversial match in my life. Let me hear your opinions first. So I know that you grew up thinking this match didn't exist and it was terrible. I always knew it was great. Uh, It's top five Undertaker matches ever. It's top five Edge matches ever. Uh, I definitely rewatching it, enjoy it. Mm. Uh, And yeah, like I know that it ends with the Hell's Gate, which I kind of forgot, but I love the way Edge tapped out. I know it's a weird thing to really enjoy, but just... Him tapping out, it looked like fuck. All right, I lose. I, you know, I've won. I, I'm undefeated at Mania, but I got to fucking tap. And it just, it, I don't know. It felt good. It felt like a real fight. 
Uh, until I, I love the Etchheads, by the way. No, yeah. we, we we don't like them, but I love them. Well, and they're just such a contrast of each other. I love how Zack Ryder's trying too hard, where Kirk Hawkins is too scared to try any more than he is. He's a timid child at fucking. <laughs> it's picture day at school, and he's really nervous because he's next. But <laughs> then he has to go to the ring, the ring real quick and get his picture taken. But Vladis, first of all, we all know HBK versus Flair needed the belt, so. This is fucking bull- <laughs> I would love if every HBK match was like, well, Sean, that Sean few needs the belt. I will say it's it, the it's weird seeing Edge in the main event of WrestleMania with Undertaker. And I know for your generation, this is normal, but I got to see you think you know me, Edge. Not with a cool song <laughs> after I, I went to Raw Live at the Worcester fucking Centrum. Palladium. Does that sound right? <laughs> yeah, one of them. And I kept yelling, you think you know me at Edge, because who the fuck is he? And what else? What is this character? And I love hearing Bruce Pritchard break it down with Conrad. Because, yeah, there, there's no real answer. It's just Vince Russo didn't think he could talk, and Vince Russo was right. Edge couldn't talk at first. It took years. It took a very long time. And now, obviously, with Vicky here, who came out with Edge, this is Edge at his best, Prime Edge. I love this Vicky shit. I love. I freaked out when she fucking came out in the wheelchair because <laughs> yeah, we've been watching pay per views only and just watching promo packages, and I've been missing Vicky, but seeing her get like six one nine and oh, she's so lovely. Great to see her. Um, but it is weird seeing Edge because I saw him debut listless character spared the camera in his fucking video to hype him up before his debut debuted at over the edge. So it was a little titular thing going on for him. And he just kind of always won matches and I never got why he was a little too tall. I thought to like, I like shorter wrestlers. Uh, I didn't care for his like goth jacket much. I like Christian more than edge. Um, So it's just weird to see him become this main eventer, the rated R superstar. Beyond that, I didn't enjoy this match really at all. I love the finish. I like that the, the second spear, you feel like Edge is about to win, then it goes into that submission. And yeah, you're right. The little things like how he tapped is what you always hear Edge is a great mind or putting matches together and stuff. He at least knows what, what we need to see, how to tap, and how his foot could have got to the rope, you think, at the last second, and then he just taps really fast. Oh, yeah. Love the finish. Don't care for the match, Felidius. I really enjoyed this match, and yeah, I guess it is maybe a little a little bit of a gap because even uh, even our old friend Danny Richardson didn't think Edge was like you know Hall of Fame worthy in his first. I, I remember it was a weird caveat that he had, but it was still to me. I thought Edge was legit main event number one guy. He was top guy. He was he was t- SmackDown good guy champion for a long time. He was also rated our superstar on Raw. He made Cena. Uh, you know, he was a perfect foil for that character. You know, seeing a white meat baby face, then you have some guy doing sex celebrations with a with a paint splatter shirt that says violence and sex on it. So Edge kind of, yeah, he wasn't the uh, you think you know me guy. Once he ditched the Rob Zombie shit and had the Alter Bridge song, Edge was the greatest wrestler of all time. Top five now. You've convinced me. I really enjoy Edge. I thought this was a good match, and I'm a little upset that Edge lost. I thought it would have been cool for him to have the undefeated streak every year and then be a dick going into WrestleMania, like who's going to take my streak instead of having a baby face, you know, no one. Yeah. Good up, idea. So. Vladis. give it to the guy with the shit neck. He's going to retire in two months. No, Vladis. We made the right call. Undertaker. We had a, we had three more years. That's uh, enough time. Undertaker's fighting at crown jewel this year. 
He's still going. He beat Brock Lesnar four times since then. His streak should have never been lost. Although we did get the big-eyed black guy, and that was fun. By the way, I believe is I had the sex and violence shirt, and I wore it every fucking day because I was kind of chubbier at the time, and it was so slimming to have that paint splatter all <laughs> over where your gut should be. God, that shirt made me look great. And Vladis, 2008. I can't complain yet. I, I am jealous that you paid attention to wrestling at this time. And I'm a little upset that you didn't realize what you had. Because if Unforgiven sent you away after the brilliant, this is all building up to Unforgiven for me. Since right, isn't that weird? It. This is a great time in wrestling. And I just, I, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to go graduate. I love Matt Hardy, but I'm out of here. Everyone just <laughs> loved Matt Hardy. Can't wait to see what he does next month. Ladies, what's the next pay-per-view? Backlash? I think we're going right into Backlash, which is the perfect WrestleMania follow-up because every WrestleMania has a Backlash. God, I love doing doubleheaders with you, Vladis. We'll talk about bash Backlash next week. Of course, WrestleMania 24 was four and three-quarter stars. They all have been that so far. As soon as I found out we could do quarter stars, Vladis, all of a sudden I, we're... Almost... I hate the quarter star thing. Like, it really annoys me when people are rating things on a one through five scale, and then they're in quarter. Like, it's just... Just give me a number, bro. Before we go, Vladis, we're going to pick Evolution. We got to wish more cancer on Roman. We got to talk about the shield breaking up. We're on SmackDown this week. We're going to have a brief intermission before all that happens. And Vlades, it's just an honor to be live twice a week with the man himself. Roman, you get well soon, brother. If you need a place to vent, you know the whole fucking show's right here because until the day that we die. We are. We are. We are. The whole effing show. KevinScampoli.com is the website. We're not done. We'll be right back. Music makes you feel something. Sticking little smokies in your butt. Why on earth is Max's hair blue? I actually died of blue. Yeah, blue. It's a bleedy's hair, folks. Jackass Kevin's gonna fuck you. Gonna put hot sauce in his face. Oh, this is my fucking head! How the fuck's he gonna top that? This is my head! You better grab some mace. Oh my god, I'm so jealous! How the world are you gonna see? <laughs> Let alone send out a tweet. Oh, no. oh, oh, no. Who in the hell do you think you I are? Some kind of star. It is that kind of well, right you are. Well, we all shine. It's not the moon, not the star, but the sun. We all yeah, poly, 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 poly. Yeah. Look at look
Music makes you feel something. kid my eight-year-old kid she's hall of fame and my eight-year-old kid goes on the uh internet to to look at uh oh it's china I, I never heard of her i'm eight years old i've never heard of that so i go type that in and i punch it up and what comes up and that's i'm not it's not a morality thing or anything else it is just the fact of what it is that's a difficult choice right the hall of fame is a funny thing 